You're listening to the Grace Church podcast. For more information, visit www.gracechurchuk.org or visit our Facebook page by searching Grace Church UK. So I'm going to talk this morning on our, our final but important cultural value uh, of generosity. And really, I've got one major objective today and one minor objective. And the major objective uh, of this next few minutes is really this. It's for you to grasp, not just intellectually, but in your heart, in your emotions, in who you really are, about how generous our God is. He's an incredibly generous God. And I'm going to be unpacking, hopefully, uh, something about God's generosity in creation and God's generosity through the cross. Uh, So that's my kind of major objective. Second objective, uh, which we will spend just a couple of minutes on the end, is what does that look like for us? What's the outworking of the fact that we worship an incredibly generous God? You might have heard this quote before. It's quite a well-known quote by a guy called A.W. Tozer. He said this. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I'll say that again. The thing that comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I wonder what this morning you think of God. Do you think of him as a bit of a miser? Do you think of him as a bit grumpy? Do you think of him maybe as a little bit tetchy? Or do you think of him as a kind, good, holy, generous God who has blessed us in more ways than we could name quite literally? And so this morning, I want us to pray. I believe that God wants to speak to us, encourage us, and remind us of his generosity. So let's just bow our heads. Let's just be before him. Father, we thank you so much for your presence so far. It's wonderful to be able to sing to you. It's wonderful to be able to sing out in the presence of God. It's wonderful to hear contributions, spiritual gifts from the body of God. We honour you for that. Thank you for that. And now, Lord, we don't want to go through the motions. We don't just want to impart a bit of information. We want to be changed by you. We want to line up with who you are. Lord, we want to get our thinking straight on who you are and how generous you really are. So Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you bring revelation? Would you help us to apply this in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Okay, if you've got a Bible, please do turn on your phone or on a... Uh, in your book to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at the generosity of God, first of all, in creation. And uh, Colossians is a wonderful book. It's uh, just a few chapters long, written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, chapter 1 really is about who God is. It's how Paul starts off most of his letters, saying this is who God is. Because did you know this? In your life, Everything flows from who God is. That's the cornerstone. That's the, that's the key thing. Everything else flows from there. And uh, this is what he says in Colossians 1, verse 15. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You know, you can't see God. But the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God is like? Read about Jesus, spend time with Jesus, look to Jesus because you'll see what God is like because Jesus is the exact representation or the exact image of God. It says he existed before anything was created. It's very hard for us to get our heads around that. Like what was there before there was all the stuff that we can see? 
Well, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he existed before anything was created, and he's supreme over all creation. Jesus is supreme over all creation. He rules or he's supreme over all things. Do you know there's basically two categories? There's God, who's the creator, and then there's everything else, which is the created. And you, are, you and I firmly fit into that second category. We are the created. And your life works when you put the creator first, and we understand that everything else that we have, including us, comes secondary to him, but we get him in that primary place. Verse 16 says, For through him, through Jesus, God created. In this passage, you keep hearing about created, creation, everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Do you know what? When we look at creation, we see the incredible generosity of God. Do you know what you see around you? It's not a random collision of atoms. You are not as Dawkins, Richard Dawkins would have you believe, you are not a random selection of DNA. You are wonderfully and beautifully created by the Creator. Creation points to a Creator. Did you know? This is what I found out this week. Did you know there are more than a hundred species of octopuses in our oceans? Come on, hands up if you knew that. Yeah, Sam knew that. Did I tell you this week's week? Yeah. Sam, so there's always one, isn't there? There's always one. A hundred. I mean, God, God, I mean, why is there a hundred octopuses? I suspect th- there's many reasons for it, but one is just the sheer generosity of God and, and the sheer reflection of his beauty and diversity. Can you imagine the fun that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had as they created, as they made, as they dreamed up the octopus? And made these hundred different species. Did you know that there are 10,000 species of birds flying in our skies? Did you know, get this, there are 25, and I don't know who counts this stuff, but there's 25,000 species of orchid growing in the earth. Like, why? Because God's a diverse, generous God. Just one handful of sand has 10,000 grains in it. He created our universe with perfect elegance and complexity. And he designed it with incredible creativity and incredible generosity. It's beautiful. And he gave us, he's so good, he's so generous. He then gave us our senses. He gave us our sight to appreciate his creation. Have you you ever thought how amazing the eye is? If I said to you, right, you've got two weeks to create Something that resembles the eye. Well, you've got no raw materials. You've got nothing to go with. I want you to create the eye. No chance. Well, he created the ears, like the sound waves that we can hear. You can hear me now because God in his generosity has made us have ears to, to hear. He didn't have to do any of that. He's given us smell. He's given us these different senses to enjoy his amazing creation. I, I read this quote. And then the different, before we get to that, different types of food. Like, what's your favourite food? Come on, come on, let's, let's hear you. What's your favourite food? Kebab. Who <laughs> said kebab? <laughs> okay, just someone say kebab. No, wonderful. I mean, yeah, okay. Did God create kebab? Anyway, that's a theological, yeah, anyway. Um, anyone else? Anyone else? Roast lamb. Oh, with a bit of mint sauce. Beautiful. Any more? Pizza. 
I mean, you, you can't go wrong with pizza. Let's have one more. Fish, fish, fish. Okay, I mean, God could have made it. God could have made it, I guess, that we didn't need to eat. That he somehow just functioned. He made food. He gave us taste buds. He gave us like loads of different fish to taste. He gave us roast lamb. He gave us all these different things to enjoy. Why? Because he's a generous God. Have you ever thought about it? He didn't need to do any of those things. But he's a perfect, good, generous God. This is a quote I read recently. We see a world absolutely dripping in variety, beauty, splendor, and majesty. Because the one who made it was generous. He didn't cut corners, cut costs, or do it on a budget. His world is lavish and abundant. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. His purpose in generosity is to bless us. The Bible says all things were created through him and for him. He's a wonderful, generous God. And regardless of whether someone knows Jesus or not, they can enjoy his common grace. They can enjoy his creation. They can enjoy this beautiful food. They can enjoy company with other people. It's God's common grace. Now, as Christians, we're going to get onto this. We enjoy the beautiful presence of God. We enjoy the forgiveness. We enjoy being friends with Jesus. But actually, even as unbelievers, God's been incredibly lavish and generous. He's generous in creation. Second thing is that he's generous by giving us Jesus. He's generous through the cross. I want to read a few verses from, from Romans 8, and you just need to kind of tune into these verses. They're not always that easy necessarily to understand, but, but, but Paul commends Timothy for the public reading of Scripture. There's something good about just digesting a few verses of the Bible. And Romans 8 is, is, is one of the kind of pinnacles of the whole Bible. A beautiful, wonderful chapter in the Bible. And this is what it says in Romans 8 verse 3. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son, Jesus, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So a couple of things. One is you and I will not be able to, in our own strength, obey the law of God. We will not be able to get right with God by obeying the law. God's good, holy, and perfect law. You and I are not going to be able to keep God's law in such a way that gets us right with God. That's what this verse says. None of us can keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. Some of you might think, well, I've not killed. Okay, well, maybe tick on that one. What, 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 what about do not covet? You don't need to put your hands up, but I guess most of us will say, actually, there's been times where I've coveted. I've wanted something that someone else has got. What, what, about, what about this one? You must not have any other God before me. I, I guess, what does that mean? It means in, in all things, in all our thoughts, in all our actions, we're putting God first. We're seeking first him and his kingdom. And the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of his standards, of his glory. In, in, in fact, you might be here this morning, you might be exhausted in your own strength trying to follow the law of God exhausted in your own strength we heard about it earlier actually in your own strength trying to get right with God trying to dot every I and cross every T and be righteous enough to know and be accepted by God 
Do you know in 2007, there was a French banker called Jerome Caraville who defrauded the bank in an extraordinary way with, with billions of dollars. And he was ordered to pay back $6.3 billion. Like, like that's the debt that he was in. Now, he would have had no hope of paying that back, ever. Actually, you and I, before God, we have no hope of being good enough of paying back God. And in fact, the purpose of the law, which is in the Bible, the Ten Commandments and the other good laws that God gives us, actually, they are good and perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. That The reason we have them is that it points us to a saviour. It says, no, we cannot fulfil them. And we need a saviour who's going to come and fulfil them on our behalf. And that's where the generosity of God comes in. We need to appreciate the bad news to appreciate the good news. The answer is God's amazing generosity. God has done what the law could not do, weakened as it was by our flesh. By doing what? By sending the Son. Do you know, Jesus has fulfilled the law perfectly And if you've accepted him as your Lord and Saviour, it's as though you've personally fulfilled the law because you've received it as a gift of grace from God himself. When it comes to your salvation, when it comes to being forgiven, when it comes to being accepted, when it comes to being delighted in and through by God, we cannot earn it, we can only receive it. I don't know whether any of you have seen the, the, the YouTube video that's doing the rounds about Justin Bieber. Anyone seen that? It seems that God has got hold of him. Listen, I want to read you this quote from Justin Bieber. He evidently was brought up in a Christian home and he kind of went away from God and I guess it's difficult living your life in the, in the public spectacle as a teenager and, and over, over the last kind of six months or year, he started to come back to God. This is, this is what he said. This is, this is absolutely the gospel. The way I look at my relationship with God is I'm not trying to earn God's love by doing good things. God has already loved me before I did anything to earn or deserve it. That's grace. He's not striving. He's received the grace of God. It's a free gift by accepting Jesus. And then there's a response. I'm going to worship you, God, because you gave me something so good. That's the gospel. That's the gospel worked out. Now you pray for him, he's in the public limelight, no doubt he'd do some ups and downs like we would all in the public limelight, but that's the grace of God. That's the generosity of God being received by a flawed man like you and me. And do you know what? The generosity of God the Father in sending his son. Sometimes if you, particularly if you've been a Christian for a while, you can sometimes get a bit blasé. Oh yeah, God sent Jesus, he died for me and my place for my sin, and we can get blasé. We read in Colossians earlier that everything that's been created was created by him and for him. So even the people that put Jesus to death were created by Jesus. The nails that went through Jesus' wrists and hands were created by him himself. That is staggering generosity. The, the, the spit, we read in the Bible that the Roman soldiers spat at Jesus. The saliva, the, the glands, everything was created by Jesus that was then turned and twisted horribly against him. Amazingly, that didn't stop him going to the cross, dying in our place for our sin. Amazingly, that didn't stop him from allowing us to get right with God for those that put our trust in him. 
It's the generosity of God in the cross. He says in John 10, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. You know, when you read in the Bible of the Roman soldiers, of Pilate, of, of, of people mocking him, you can think, well, Jesus was this kind of helpless victim. Jesus was not a helpless victim. He could have called down legions of angels to get him out at any point. But he set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. At the generosity of God, the generosity of Jesus to say, no, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to pay the price. He did it. He did it for you and for me. And no one took his life. He laid it down. I'm going to um, do something that I think I've probably never, ever done. And I think I'm probably never, ever going to do again. It's this. I'm going to quote the Atheist Forum on Twitter. Some of you might have seen this. And the, the Atheist Forum kind of put out these kind of statements to almost kind of mock Christianity. And this is one such statement. They could not have got it more right. Right, listen to this. Christianity... A belief that one God created a universe 13.79 billion years old. Don't get too hung up on the, the, the dates. That's fine. Belief that one God created a universe 13.79 billion years old, 93 billion light years in diameter, consisting of over 200 billion galaxies, each containing an average of 200 billion stars, dot, 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 only to have a personal relationship with you. Well, they could not have been more right, could they? I mean, hallelujah. Hey, God turns all things. You know, even the atheist forum, the very truth that they're trying to knock, proclaims the glory of God. Of all these billions of stars and universes, he's done it so that he might have a relationship with you. Like God, this creator, this one who's been generous in creation, this one who's been generous in the cross, he loves you. He did it for you. That, I think that's amazing. I think that's absolutely staggering. Right, don't get hung up on the age of the earth, all right? Don't, don't let that lose, okay? I don't know how old the earth is. No one really does. The Bible doesn't say, but the rest of it, absolutely. Amen. I think sometimes we can stumble and fall because we think God is stingy. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden thought God was stingy. God basically says to them, you can have anything to eat. North, south, east, west, just don't have this. Don't eat from this tree. Here's the boundary. I'm a generous God. But at the root was disbelieving God's word, but actually thinking God was stingy. That God was withholding something good from them. And so they ate and they fell. I want to say this morning, God is not a stingy God. God is lavish in his generosity. Do we live in a fallen world? Yes, absolutely. Do is creation creaking and groaning? Yes, absolutely. Do we long for that day where Jesus comes back again and creates a new heaven and new earth? Yes, absolutely. But he is lavish, generous. In your situation this morning, he is generous. He is sufficient. Like that song we called, that we, what was that line, Joe, in that song? I know we sang a few songs. Jesus is enough. What's it called? Christ is enough. Thank you. Thank you. Christ, he genuinely is enough because he's generous. He doesn't withhold out of spite. If he withholds something, it's for his glory and your good. And there's a mystery in that. But he's generous beyond our comprehension. 
In fact, let's just close our eyes. I just want to kind of linger on this thing. It's a lie from the pit of hell that God is stingy. He is generous in all his ways. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and that's what makes him God. But he is generous in all his ways. And so, Father, we just want to, we want to throw off any thinking that's not of you. We want to throw off anything that would suggest you're stingy or you withhold out of spite. Lord, if you do withhold anything, it's for your glory and our good. And I pray that we would know that, experience that, and not fall for that same lie that Adam and Eve did. That you are sufficient. You are enough. And so I want to pray for us as a church, us individually, that we would get rid of any sense that you're stingy. But you are good. Lord, looking at your creation, your cross, how could we think anything other than you are good and you are generous? Help us to live in the light of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know Jesus said... It's more blessed to give than to receive. You and I are made in the image and likeness of God. So you're, God's generous. You are, you are made to be generous. In fact, you glorify God when you're generous. And it brings joy to you. You know, I say this all the time, but God set up the universe in such a way that if we follow his ways, it's for his glory and our good. That's, that's the same in Garden of Eden. It's the same today. It's for his glory and our good. And do you know what? It's fun to be generous. It's fun to reflect the generosity of, of God. So a couple of weeks ago, we went up to see uh, Jonah, who's our eldest. Uh, he was playing football uh, up in Oxford. And we went to see him on a Sunday afternoon. And they were playing futsal, which is a bit like five-a-side. And uh, I, think there's, I think there was nine of them, five playing and a few subs. And me and Sam and, and Giddy went up to watch. And uh, afterwards, they were, they were going to go back to Leicester. And they had about half an hour before they were going to go back on the coach. And uh, Sam said, because she's more generous than me, Sam said, why don't we buy them a drink? So we bought these nine students a drink. Now, it was a student bar, so it was quite cheap. But anyway, we bought them a drink. They were delighted. And you know what? We were blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. These lads, they are great. Jonah's mum and dad, they bought us a beer. It's great. And we were able to show just a little bit of God's love. But we were blessed. We were made to be generous. We were made in the image of God. We're called to be generous with our time. I want to I ask you, are you generous with your time? Can I ask you, are you generous with your house? Are you generous with inviting other people around? Have you, are you inviting other people from the church? Well, how about this one? When was the last time you had someone that didn't love Jesus in your house for a meal? That's a good question to ask. Now, we did it a little while ago, so I can feel a little bit smug. No, not really. Now, we just had a friend of... No, I'm joking, I'm joking. We had a friend of Sam's round who's done Alpha. It works with Sam. We had a round and a boyfriend, and we had a, a, a pizza, and we played some games. We had a great time. I want to encourage you, be generous with your time and your gifts and your house. And the Bible says also be generous with the money that God has given us. There's two ways, really. The New Testament in particular talks about being generous with our money. It talks about, first and foremost, being generous with those that are in the church. So in, in Acts 4, it says there was no needy people among them. Like a staggering statement. Imagine that. Like if we went, right, there's, imagine we represented the early church. Right, and we went, okay, there was no, we went, we went from left to right, there was no 
No needy person, no needy person among them, no needy person. Just incredible. Why? Because they would give generously to one another. In fact, they would even sell land. They would give large amounts of money. You know, I thought Rose's um, story a couple of weeks ago in parish nursing was brilliant. Someone from the church gave her the money to be able to do her initial training for parish nursing. What's that? That's the generosity of God overflowing. Just blessing one another. Maybe some anonymous gift. Maybe, maybe some money. Maybe whatever it might happen to be to be able to bless one another. Amazing. Amazing. Se- second way is, is giving into the local church. Do you know, I remember, I remember someone said to me, once said to me, because where, where, it takes money, obviously, to kind of run a church and hire this place and all the rest of it. Someone said to me, well, where does that money come from? I said, well, it comes from the members. Does it? He said, yeah, yeah, people, people give monthly, often, or weekly. Wow, I never knew that. Now, we get a small amount in grants, but that's a tiny proportion of the overall money that comes in. I said earlier, we're going to have a gift day in a couple of weeks' time. In the Bible, you see regular giving. People give regularly, cheerfully, sacrificially. There's, there's a sense of not just what have I got left, but kind of giving of our first fruits into a local church but also you see occasional offerings and so we do a gift day and like I said earlier we want to invest in our Sunday mornings we want to make sure our equipment is good you know probably if I'm honest in the past we've kind of bought cheap now we don't want to buy really expensive but we want to kind of buy all right and so it kind of lasts and it's good quality we want the sound and vision guys not to have to kind of work a miracle See Bonnie smiling. Work a miracle. We believe in miracles, right? But we also believe in common sense. So we want them to have some decent material. We want their kids to have some decent material. We want the signage to be good. Do you know I've been... Um, uh, so we went, um, uh, we went yesterday, actually, back to Oxford again, actually, to, to look around Oxford Brooks for Grace. I tell you, when you're new to a place, signage is so key. I couldn't find the toilet at one point. It was getting a bit dicey. Like signage, signage is good. And if you've been here more than two weeks, you zone out. Right? If you're a guest, first time, you want to know where the kids' work is. You want to know where the toilets are. You want to know where the main auditorium, the coffee is. And we want to make signage really good across both sides. So we want to give generously uh, into that. We also, if we've got a little bit of money left, we want to do just a little bit of advertising. We've got a lot of people moving into the area in both Salisbury and Amesbury. We want to do a little bit of advertising to help people connect in uh, with Grace Church. So a little bit of the money... Uh, we'll go to that uh, as well. We want to make our Sunday mornings more missional. And we've got some other things that doesn't, won't cost anything, but some other things, a few more stories, those sort of things, to help people connect in to a Sunday morning. But we want to make sure also that our equipment uh, is good. So please pray. Please pray in the light of God's generosity in two weeks' time, and then we do it again uh, in three weeks' time, so the 8th of March and the 15th, uh, what you might give uh, in the light of God's generosity let's uh, let's have the band out let's worship God can we can we stand if you're able to I want to pray for us and then I want to worship this amazing generous God let's just let's just bow our heads close our eyes I want to encourage you to do something I'm just going to allow a minute for us to do this. I just, I would love for you, before God, to name five things before God that you can say thank you to Him 
for his generosity. Like just, what, what, it's so good for us to thank God. It's part of our worship. What, what would your five, there's no right or wrong answer, I'm not going to ask for anyone's answers, but just before you and God, just say, God, thank you for your generosity in these five areas. Let's just have a moment. It's part of our worship and thanksgiving to God. <clears throat> Father, we just want to say we've got so much to be grateful for. Lord, the fact that we've woken up this morning, the fact that you've sustained us overnight, the fact that our heart is beating, we're breathing in and out without even thinking about it. Lord, it's your common grace. Lord, it's your amazing grace. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of creation. Lord, we thank you for the sun that sets and rises Lord, we thank you for the diversity that you've created. Lord, the different colours, the different foods. Lord, it's amazing. It's amazing. Lord, but most of all, we do thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your incredible generosity through Jesus that's made it possible for us to know God, to be friends with God, to have eternal life. And Lord, I pray that we will be a grateful people. Lord, worship flows from our gratitude of who you are and what you've done. And I pray that will be true for us. Lord, even as we pray this next couple of weeks, what we might give in a couple of weeks' time. Lord, it's not about the amount. Lord, it's about reflecting your generosity. And Lord, I do pray that we would raise a good amount that we can really bless other people, particularly guests that would come. Lord, and we just want to say, Lord, we want to celebrate the generosity of God. Oh, Father, areas where we are tempted to think you're stingy. Get rid of that in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want our minds to be renewed. Lord, we want to line up with you and your truth. And now, Lord, we want to spend a few minutes worshipping you, our generous, lavish God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Church podcast. For more information, visit www.gracechurchuk.org.